Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Dransfield PR. Welcome to We Built This City. With this podcast, I wanted to shine a light on the people who have put the heart into modern Manchester. You can build a city with bricks and mortar, but it's the people that make Manchester great. People like my guest, Liam Manton. We kind of put our hat on quality and making sure we make stuff we want to drink. Mm. And what's your favourite of the flavoured ones? So that's like picking your favourite <laughs> kid, that, isn't it? Well, how, how do you answer that? Liam is a born and bred Mancunian and founder of Didsbury Gin with his friend and business partner, Mark Smallwood. Liam learnt the art of negotiating as a young boy, working on his mum's market stall in Harper Hay and the art of distilling gin after a very long night making their way through most of the gins behind the bar at the Dog and Partridge in Didspring. Half a bottle of gin and a trip to Harvey Nicks in London later, Liam and Mark got themselves the first luxury retailer order and they were off. A successful Dragon's Den pitch followed in 2019 and the business in 2020 has just seen more growth than they could ever have imagined. This is a story about a double measure of blag and graft mixed with a massive sense of humour and ability not to take yourself too seriously. Welcome to We Built the City, Liam. Thanks for joining me today. No worries. So I'm looking forward to hearing about the story of Didsbury Gin and referred to by Vogue magazine as one of the most exciting new British gins and also incredible growth in such a short period of time. So for people who are listening today, I think this is a story of true Mancunian passion, graft hustle and blag. And I say these words full of admiration. We agree. (laughs) So for our listeners, Liam is pedigree Mancunian, born and bred in Collyhurst. So to start off with, Liam, what do you think is the DNA of a Mancunian and why are you proud to be one? I think it's never give up, never take the hand you dealt and always kind of pursue for more. Why do I think I am one? Well, listen to this accent. That's Gauss, <laughs> is it? <laughs> and so you and your Didsbridge business partner, Mark Smallwood, were friends for a long time before you started up and there was a friendship and partnership that was actually made in Manchester. We actually met on a dating site. You didn't? We didn't, know. <laughs> So how did you meet each other? Um, so I moved to Didsbury. He ran a bar around the corner and foolishly, my old employer used to let me work from home a lot. So I worked from his bar for quite a, for a lot, probably a lot longer than I should have done. Um, and then we go to football together as well. We're both season ticket holders at United. So turns out my season ticket was weirdly a few rows behind his as well. And then we just became mates. What was the light bulb moment for gin and like how did you actually figure out how to make it? It's not a kind of thing that you automatically know how to produce. Yeah, so we're we're in the there's a pub in Didsbury called the Dog and Partridge, and at the time they had something like eighty six or ninety six gins in there. And one day we went right, we're going to go in and do them. Um, <laughs> we did we didn't get very far, but anyway, we went in there and said right, we're going to work our way through. And then it was getting out. Close to kicking out time, which was later than it is nowadays. Um, and the receipt come and literally it was like a scroll. So you know them like cartoon <laughs> scrolls. So we we opened it up and Mark just went, oh, there's got to be a cheaper way of doing this. So I've gone to the toilet and then you stood by the urinal and normally you have a single song or you're thinking about <laughs> something at the urinal. So I just thought, yeah, it's got to be. And then I went, maybe we, I went back to the table and it was like, maybe we should. I didn't have a clue what I was on about. And then I've gone home, carried on drinking. I think he's he's gone home as well. And then the next day, um, I've got all these like eBay receipts in my email. So I've bought like a little still, like botanicals, 
So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna have a go at it. Made made a bit of gin. Um, it was terrible. So then I, I kind of just kept texting him apparently through the night. Oh, you can try this, you can try that. Because I just I must have been sat on the laptop like researching and how you make this stuff. And then we went down to a few distilleries, told them what we want to make, worked with them and made a recipe. And all this had happened in the space of a week. So it went from the pub to a bottle in a week. And did you manage to get a full bottle? We did on this one, yeah. Um, but I, I know where you're going with this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, that bit then, that's about the brains and the blood coming together because you got through the door at Selfridges early on, didn't you, with, with half a bottle of gin we and, nearly didn't and a get brand there name. As well. So um, what happened there? Yeah, so obviously we'd, we'd, we'd made this, we had this gin that we'd been at with distillery and made, um, come back to, and it was really, really good. So we did, we did, I kind of twisted Mark's arm to put on a tasting event at a bar he was managing just to like friends, family, get them to see what we've been up to making this gin. Because none of them were believing we were making gin. But obviously this tasting event, I kind of stitched him up and invited about 60 people, the MEN I invited, <laughs> other bar owners, um, and like he'll probably tell this better than me, but you know, by the end of it, we had probably fifty or sixty people crammed into this back room in a bar. His head fell off because he had to make drinks for them all. I'd orchestrated this big tasting event. We only had a couple of bottles of gin, but we did blind tasting in gin and tonics, and every we made people fill out cards, and everyone picked our gin over at one of the most popular gins on the market. So we've got some here. We've definitely got something, and obviously we were pretty well lubricated by the end of the night <laughs> so i've gone home again there's a pattern here but every time i go home after a night out something good or bad happens i don't don't, don't know which way this one's gonna go but i've gone home i've gone on linkedin because I, I was working in business development at the time for construction so that that part of my brain's kicking in i've gone on linkedin Message the buyer for Harvey Nichols, Selfridges, Fortnum and Masons. I don't know why we went luxury, to be honest, because he's an Aldi around the corner. <laughs> but um, messaged all the buyers, told them we're coming down t- to meet the other person. And one, only one of them, to his credit, um, replied to the buyer for Harvey Nichols. It, it turned out was a man who'd moved to London, so he was really keen to find out what was going on. So we booked ourselves a meeting with Harvey Nichols. We had a brand name loose branding concept that we messed about with on the computer but wasn't really a business so the next when we bought this meeting in london we've stopped off at the greg's in didsbury because obviously they do a great bacon sandwich <laughs> and coffee meal deal don't they and at the time you know money's tight and all that so we uh we 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 bumped, we bumped into the um the dry cleaning ladies from the johnson's dry cleaners next door it's quite a small place didsbury and everyone knows everyone so that oh hey, he's off. So oh yeah, we're going down to London to to pitch this gin. So I've opened this like Only Fools and Horses style briefcase that we took with us, and the bottle, no word of a lie, <laughs> I can still see it rolled off the table and marked like lit. It's like a you know you see like cartoons saving in slow motion. <laughs> Grabbed the bowl before it was a disaster before it even started. So yeah, it was an eventful journey before we even set off. Got to London, did the tasting, and then. We sat like a room smaller than this and he's tasting it with his buyers. And we just thought, oh, they've got a local produce bit in the Manchester store. They'll buy it for that and we'll get some bar listings. You know, we'll have a little side hustle because we had day jobs at the time. Um, and he tasted the gin and, you know, to his credit, he was like, oh, it's you know, really nice, one of the best I've tasted. How much have you got? So straight away sales mode, how much do you need? Uh, 
But if we did, you know, a, a six-month exclusive rollout across all our stores, so I'm booting Mark <laughs> under the table, like, you know, with, um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem, we can do that. Got in the lift. I mean, I've got a picture on my phone. I'll show you in the lift. So we're, we're jumping about in the lift. Forgot to press the button, didn't we? So the doors were still... <laughs> so they, they saw all that. But anyway, so we went out and celebrated that, you know, you know, getting this listing. And then on the train home, because back to Manchester, it was like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? We've got, we've just got this listing. So, you know, we thought, right, we'll just, let's just be straight with a buyer. We'd say, look, it's a new business. We haven't got really a plan of how we're going to do this. You like the liquid. And if you think it's as good as you said it, it's going to be, you'll give us a two months just to get our... Basically, our asses in gear, and you know, Harvey Nichols supported us through that. They, they they gave us two months, and it's like we'd rather than panic. We went and seen the growth company, who are like a Greater Manchester yeah. business support agency, if you like, and they helped us like with a business plan. They helped us kind of put a loan pitch together to get a government startup loan. So literally, from having that light bulb moment at the Arinal in the Dog and Partridge. <laughs> And then probably three months after, we was on the shelves in Harvey Nichols. That's incredible. So fast. And you were working full-time at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I worked for, for Waits Construction mm-hmm. and Mark was managing um, a bar restaurant in Didsbury. How fast after that did you secure your funding with Dragon's Den? Um, probably about 12 months after, yeah. Did that make a big difference? So, I mean, well, to be honest, it, it saved us because we both got made redundant, weirdly, within the same week, the week before we got asked to go in and film it. So it's right. like, you couldn't script it. but no. So, we, yeah, we went, Dragons then asked us to go on in the January and we turned them down. And then they came again in the March and said, look, we keep seeing all this press you're getting because obviously we was getting some good sort of local PR because of the listings we had, like Selfridges, Harvey Nichols and the Vogue mm. endorsement. So they asked us to go on and like, yeah, we'll be in there, what time? Because, you know, we had, we'd had been made redundant the week before. What was your presentation like for your pitch? How Shambles. You... <laughs> no, I wasn't, I'm joking. Do you know what? Like, we, 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 again, like, we're more, I mean, if anyone's listening to this, we're a much slicker and a much more professional business now. <laughs> but at the time, you know, it was very ramshackle. And, but, we, we, you know, we did it and we, we learned as we went. Uh, in terms of the pitch, we was at... So they, they rang us on the Monday to go in and film on the Wednesday. We was in London for a trade show at a time and then United Arsenal were playing. So obviously we went to the pub to watch that. And then we were right, we best nail this pitch. We went back to the hotel and we just like, we wear it on our sleeves. And all we did was got our head around the numbers and just went, well, just go in there, tell them the story. Tell them the numbers, tell them our plans, and if they buy it, they buy it. If they don't, we'll sell a load of gin because it's free advertising. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we we came away with two offers, and by the end of it, we had them kind of pitching to us. And did you have a last-minute panic, didn't you, before you went out to pitch? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually filmed. So we filmed yeah. it in the old Granada Studios, which is just, just around the corner from where we are here. Um, and we were, you know, we were quite calm all day. And because it was booze, so they have about 10 pitches in a day to work through. Because we were booze, we were last in. <laughs> so we just sat about watching Only Fools and Horses on our phones while everyone's kind of winding themselves up and over-rehearsing. We just said, we'll go in, practice the pitch once, and if we get it right, we'll leave it, and we'll just sit and take advantage of the free food they're giving us. <laughs> um, so we did you know, we did the pitch in the morning, it was fine. Um, so we just sat about, but it's funny because you watch people like 
all day winding themselves up and like you're kind of setting yourselves up to fail before you go in because you're just making yourself nervous so we just sat about all day like like i say watching a bit of only fools and horses and reading bits and pieces on our phones and then we thought right we're best you know we took this guy with us who to this day we well we've forgiven him but it's a close one um so we took this guy who's a mate of ours a bartender to like make the drinks while we stand there um anyway right I'll, I'll just make some surf just to make sure you know that that everything's right so yeah sound make make a couple of gin and tonics we'll, we'll sneak one in before we go on but he'd wash the glasses in the sink that was in there but bear in mind this this they call it an entrepreneur's green room we call it a holding pen this is like windowless room with like an old sink in it and you know they've set up a makeup thing in the corner you know the mirrors with the with the big lights on but it was no frills. So he's washed all the glassware. We've had this gin and tonic and literally with me and Mark at the same time, spat it out. You know, what have you made here, mate? And like, we couldn't work it out. And we, it was because the water fruit that we'd washed the glassware in, so we had to buy all new glasses. No bar would borrow us for some weird reason. Um, he'd washed them in this sink and the water must have been like sitting stagnant in a tank. So... You know, it's, it's whatever it was, but it didn't smell very pleasant anyway. You know, picture Jim Royal on Boxing Day. <laughs> That's what he smelled like. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was mass panic because I, we're, we're, they're telling us we're on in five minutes. What are you doing? So we had, like, kettles being boiled. We had the air and makeup ladies, like, washing glasses <laughs> with us, um, which is why, as well, when you see the, the, the... If you watch the show, I think it airs again over Christmas. But just before we go in, we're like... Patting our hair down, pat, like frantically, because it was, yeah, it was, it was close. But yeah, we went in there, and and got two offers. Was Jenny Campbell the person in advance that you needed you'd go with if you got the offer? Uh, you know, we had we had an open mind, to be honest. Like we we as long as we got an offer or a couple of offers, we weren't bothered because they all bring the same thing. And I'm glad we have worked with Jenny because you know she's we can talk to her on a level like this and. She backs us, and she's made us a lot more professional as well. So she's from Hyde, didn't she? So yeah. was that a factor? Weirdly, she went to school in Didsbury as well. Oh, did she? Yeah. Gosh, that's incredible. Was that one of the things that she cited? Was she interested because of the local connection? She kept it cool, I think, towards the end because I think if you, I think if you're on there as a dragon and you get mm. too over infused, the others, the other, the, the ears of the other ones prick up, and it, mm. you know, it can end up costing you a few quid, can't it? it yeah. You're a typical example, in my view, of a Mancunian who has an idea and will, against all odds, just get out there and make it happen. Someone said to me recently, what's your biggest break been? And I just said, well, I've never had a break. I've just worked consistently doing the small stuff, some of the boring stuff, just moving the needle every day. That's what you do. How would you track your progress? I mean, well, what's your recipe, I suppose? Then, oh, sorry. Well, we can do it again. Let's do it again. Oh, right. Do you want, let me start again. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Right, OK. So, right, you're a typical example, in my view, of a Mancunian who has an idea and will, against all odds, just get out and do it and get the result that you're looking for. So someone said to me, did you have a big break? And I said, no, but I've just done the consistent things every day. They're quite boring sometimes, but they get you there. Have you had a big break? Yeah, probably three off the break before. We've we just put a pool table in the office. Um, do you know what? We haven't really had a big break because, like, the Dragon's Den was, a, you know, it's, it's, it's all, they're all, like, stepping stones on a journey, aren't they? And it's, you know, we 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 kind of done a load of graft before. it. We got the brand out. We got it in vogue. We ended up on the front cover of um, Woman's Weekly, bizarrely, which was wow. our Christmas gym with Joe Brand as well. Get on that. And the odds have massively been stacked against us. With you know, we're a brand with with pre Dragons Den without any backing. 
you know, we, we, we both had full-time jobs. The gin market had perceived market saturation, mm-hmm. but, you know, we've managed to, to cut through and establish it as kind of a nationally recognised brand. So we've just grafted and we don't always get it right. I mean, the bottle, <laughs> the bottle that we... The, the batch that actually went in Arvin Nichols first had a spelling mistake on the back of the bottle. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, what was it out of interest? It said inspired. It should have said inspired by, but it said in spirit by. I mean, it could have said insipid. So we, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we dodged then. one with that. But yeah, we're always learning and we're always taking on probably bigger challenges than we should. I mean, we took on Donald Trump in lockdown and, you know, he was going to impose... Um, gin tariffs on British gins being imported, so we did a load of lobbying. I ended up in the House of Commons and on Sky News for it. But, oh, so tell we, us a bit more about that. Well, it's just he's banging the desk, as he does, Donald Trump, doesn't he, saying, you know, sweeping statements that probably shouldn't be, shouldn't be making. But, yeah, he, he, the debate, it was basically about trade, so Liz Trust uh, MP went over and did some kind of work, can you call it, um, and, and fought the case for, to stop in this sort of 25% import tariff on British gins. But we just, we, we like rallied round loads of independent producers, wrote to loads of MPs, you know, did some press and stuff. And thankfully, you know, they, we got the tariff kind of. Oh, God, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He lost again recently, yeah. didn't he as well? <laughs> <laughs> So what challenges or obstacles have you faced, would you say? Um, I think, that, well, the, the first one was stopping that bottle falling off the table. <laughs> but, you know, the, the booze industry is dominated by big corporate organisations and, you know, we're going toe-to-toe with them and we're, we're a dead small team of sort of four people. So that's a challenge in itself is, you know, how do you compete when you've not got the resources? But we know we've got a good product. We know we've got a good brand. We're passionate about it. So, you know, that, that's been the biggest, the biggest challenge has been getting the brand established and getting it recognised and kind of taking on some of these bigger brands. Was Manchester really important in that? Was that a launch pad for you, would you say, to start off with? I think it's it's been important in the fact that the hospitality, well, the hospitality section sector is, min, you know, people get round and you've only, you know, if you look what's been happening in lockdown, the support that people mm-hmm. are giving everyone, a lot of like the key influential bartenders and bar owners really backed us early on. So that helped us. And obviously the public have got behind the brand and bought it as well. So yeah, it has been massively important. Where would you say that where you're going now? So it's obviously it's not just Manchester. This is now an international yeah, we're brand. Yeah, we're the... stocked all over the place. Yeah. So we've just launched a range of cans that have come out. It's sort of in lockdown. We, we did like a two-year business plan in two months. So we like invested in the e-commerce. So that's a lot slicker now and a, a, a lot more efficient. We've got new products. We launched a rum brand, Marlu Rum. I think the next steps for us, um, you know, is to look at the export market mm. and start start trying to get some market share over there. Mm. We're in and the middle of a fundraiser as well, so we can scale again next year. So, and that will mean that you'll grow the team? Will you yeah, we're going to grow from five to sort of 25. Great stuff. And what kind of people are you going to be looking to attract into your business? Ones like me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's not always a good thing. No, I never. <laughs> always work with people who are better at you than what it is they do. And, you know, we've got, to be fair with the team, we've got a good blend of old heads and mm. kind of young energy as well, which is really important. So, you know, we're going to, going to be investing in field sales roles, head of e-commerce, um, a couple more marketing roles. We've got quite, a, quite an interesting next few months, to be honest. Will you stay headquartered in Greater Manchester? Yeah. Mm. Where are you now? Just around the corner from here, actually. Right. Yeah. Salford? Blackfriars Street. Blackfriars Street, yeah. right. So okay. we're on the border. Yeah, yeah. Half of the offices in Manchester, half <laughs> in Salford. <laughs> That's a pretty good place to be, I'd say, right there. In terms of 
your success, what kind of qualities would you say you need to be successful? You need grit because every day is a challenge and, you know, it's not always plain sailing and it's not always, you know, drinks at the bar. It's there's a lot of graft and a lot of sleepless nights, but it's fun as well. And I think sometimes the, the stress makes it fun as well, doesn't it? Mm. But so that, mm. that means, you know, you've got to be resilient and, and kind of be prepared to roll your sleeves up. I read somewhere that you said that you skirt through disaster at least three times a week, yeah, uh, but an, it's working. That's an understatement, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? Well, we, you know, we, we've never done this before. And, you know, like all entrepreneurs, you, you, you take on everything and, you know, you probably sometimes take on more than you should, but that's what makes it fun. And um, we're, we're learning every day, and you know we make mistakes, but they're lessons, aren't they? They're not, mm. they're not mistakes. You just learn never to mm. do them again. Yeah, we have a value which is admit it, fix it, move on. There you go. And that's just you know you've got to, haven't you? And that comes in handy for every single situation you're in, doesn't it? Definitely. What advice would you have for somebody who might have a burning idea and may not have a lot of money but a lot of determination? Do it. Uh, no, there's loads of support out there, but again, you've got to know where to ask. And luckily, from my old day job, I knew about the growth company and the work they do with like small local businesses. But you know, every region's got its equivalent of a of a growth company, and you know, it's it's free, invaluable advice, and they can help you look at what you need and help you structure it. And just reach out to people as well. Message us, you know, message us on LinkedIn, and we'll we'll have the crack with us. It's it's what we've done. We've just reached out to a load of people. Some of them are on our board now, you know, just from us being cheeky and trying to talk to people. But it is, you know, it can be lonely on your own to definitely speak to people. It's good having Mark to bounce off, to be honest, because. Mm. Jenny says we're like yin and yang. You know, I'm like a, a cat on speed and he's like the, the cool car head. <laughs> I'll talk to you about that actually in a minute because I'm interested to know how a friendship kind of moves into a, a business relationship. But the point you made about... Oh, we're talking through lawyers now. Oh, do you? No, no, <laughs> it's like no. that, is it? <laughs> but, you know, what strikes me is the fact that a lot of people that I talk to, young people, say they need to come up with a brand new idea. And I say, you well, you don't. can't the wheel, can you? no. And, you know, as you say, you got into to gin when gin was already a pretty saturated market, but you've made it your own, you made it different, haven't you? I think you've got to do something you're passionate about. You can't just find ideas for the sake of finding ideas because, you know, what's the point? I think you've got, you've got to wear it on your sleeve and people buy into that as well, If you, mm. for brand, especially brand-based, you know, fast-moving goods and then consumer-facing brands. People buy into the narrative and the, and the story, obviously the product, but... There's, there's more to it than that. And I think if you're just churning ideas for the sake of it, mm. you're probably not going to work. No, I suppose you're... I mean, in terms of you, you just really like gin. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, you know, we, 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 like, we like a drink, but we always knew we could make something that we wanted to drink. And yeah. We took the characteristics of some of our favourite gins that was on that receipt, which we've still got. It's framed in the office. Brilliant. Um, you know, we, we, we took the characteristics and made what we thought we wanted to drink and it just so happens that you know, other people want to drink it. But then obviously once we've established that kind of original London dry gin with that as our kind of hero product, we've rolled other stuff out off yeah. it. So we've, we've got a flavoured gym range now what's fully vegan, all real fruit, natural, no synthetics. So a lot of flavoured gins out there just piled full of flavourings and sugars. Yeah. Um, obviously because there's no kind of legal requirements to declare what's in them. So we, you know, we've, we've kind of put our hat on quality and making sure we make stuff we want to drink. Mm. And what's your favourite of the flavoured ones, would you say? Ooh, that's like picking your favourite kid, <laughs> that, isn't it? How, how do you answer that? Um, it depends what mood you're in. If you're feeling a bit fruity, you'll go for one of the fruity ones. If you, 
So having a good session, you'll stick on a classic gin and tonic, won't you? I've not had a good relationship with gin, really. I was going to say kids then. <laughs> no, well, well, that's debatable, no. The kids are all right, but the, it's, the gin was a problem, you know, when you kind of nick the stuff out of your parents' Oh, uh, yeah, we used to always cupboard. have ouzo in a, in a globe. Oh. Why was everything in a wooden globe when you was a kid? <laughs> I don't know. I was not, I had a few bad moments with gin. And then the last couple of years, like my friends have got me back into it. But I'm on a period of abstinence at the moment, so I've tried that, the non-alcoholic gin, and yeah. it's all right. But, yeah, I just, there's no, I'll wait till I can drink the real thing. I want to try the Manchester Tart one in yeah. December when I'm back on. I'm back Sold on. out. Oh, was it? No. Yeah, it's gone. Well, come on. You, it's gone. Can yeah, you not we'll even... be, I'm sure we'll be bringing it back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that I really kind of was waiting for. So I look forward Why to it when it's back in stock because I just love, I love Manchester Tart, a Salford girl. And yeah. That's what we used to have for, for lunch, every every lunch and school yeah, I, dinners. I used to like school dinners. My nan yeah. was a dinner lady, so oh. I used to always get a massive piece. Did she give you a better oh, like, yeah. serving than everyone else? Used to get away murder on that playground. Manchester Tart, that was just the, that was the best. Every Monday we had that. Relationships, we just talked about yours and Mark's. Have you had any wobbles? Has it worked being in business with your mate? Yeah, you, 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 the thing is as well, with being a mate, you learn, you, once you've had your disagreement, it's easier to get around the pool table, it's, it's gone, do you know what I mean? But it's not all happy smiles and backpacking and high five, and it's... Mm. There is challenges, and he's on he's he's on the, the upside as well. So I go out and sell stuff and then drop it on him, and he has the old shit moment of, how yeah. are we going to do this? yeah. It's all like when you're a salesperson, yeah, you can go and do, do this. Want? Yeah, of course we can do that. No problem. Right, mate, here's an order for 10,000 cases. Have we got it? So do you, you work together day in, day out then? And then do you ever switch off from work? Can you go back to just kind of being mates again and not yeah, talking about work? Yeah, yeah, that's where the football comes in yeah. under. Yeah, you're both big United fans. Yeah. And so you just mentioned before that you've got different skill sets. How do you play to strengths and weaknesses? Have you tried to learn a bit about know each other's roles? Know your lane and stay in it. Ah, that's, right. that's, that's our model. Yeah. Right. So there's, you don't try and you know, double up on anything. You there's just, no point. If mm. someone's better at something than you, let them get on with it. Yeah. You know, It's even like the, the, the younger staff we've got in the office. If they're better at something and they know more about it, mm. you know, you've got to empower them and let them, let them get on with it and learn from them, to be honest. Mm. Stay in your lane. I like that one. I'm going to be using that one this afternoon. (laughs) Um, It's when you use it on the phone. Stay in your... (laughs) Maybe not so good for a client. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to be able to build my business over the past nearly 25 years now on relationships and they've been everything. And I think when I look back at some point when I retire, if that is everything, the thing that will stand out for me is the incredible connections and friendships yeah. and working relationships have made over the years. And I also think Manchester's that place that gives you that. And we've got clients from London around the world and they say they can't actually believe that community that we have. How important has that been to you? Not just with Didsbury Gym, but you said you were obviously in the construction business before and you're a business development person. Yeah. Do you think we've got something special here? I think I think it's honesty. Like, I think, you know, we, we know a bullshit when we see one in this city. And I think I think that, that helps with, with building relationships. I think there's a lot of direct and straight-talking people here and that's the best way to be. It saves time. I think once you make a relationship here too, as long as you invest in it, yeah. it's there forever, isn't it? It's not fair weather mates in Manchester. So what relationships have been important to you in your life and kind of getting to where you are now? Just mine and the bottle. Like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, I say my mum as well, because obviously when I was in school, I used to go on the do market stores with my mum, you know, and so she sort of learnt loads there. And, you know, she's been a grafter when we was a kid. She had five cleaning jobs. And then she went and set up a cleaning business because she thought, see, I can do that. And now, you know, now she's got quite a successful contract cleaning business. So I've learned 
watching that because you know it was there was times of struggle as a kid uh, growing up where we grew up and stuff. But you, yeah, it was like a sponge watching watching them kind of do what they did. So that's probably been the key relationship, to be honest. So when your mates were out on school holidays, you were on the market working with your mum? Yeah, but the markets can be a fun place if you know where the fun is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what was your role there? What What do you like about it so much? You're just selling, aren't you? You're talking yeah. to people and selling. You know, yeah. That's why Only Fools and Horses is popular. Yeah. You're watching someone sell. Yeah. Um, no, it was just... It was times when it annoyed me, because obviously you'd want to get up at lunchtime and go and kick a ball at a wall for, mm. for six hours, but, you know, you're lugging boxes out the back of a Ford Escort onto, onto a market <laughs> stall in Arbor, eh? And then you realise you're selling off all your toys as well. You're fuming. <laughs> well, your mum stuck them on the... On the... Go, Price oh, Easel, what are you doing with action, man? so funny. <laughs> ah, you've not used that. I've not seen you use that. Well, you've not worn them, have you? Oh, so funny. I used to... Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I anything that wasn't nailed down, like so I'd sell stuff and my mum was on the quiet. I was going to say you nicked it then. <laughs> no, no. But I used to do like table sales outside the house and then my mate's dad over the road, he used to grow lettuces and I used to convince him to give me the monkey one, so I used to make lettuce butties out of them. Lettuce and then butter? Lettuce butties with salt on. I used to wash the, the lettuce in a bucket with salt in it and then put them on on Warburton spread and sell them to the kids because we lived two doors away from the school. So I used to sell them. So and they bought lettuce butties? They, they bought, I mean, we're Salford. We didn't have a lot to eat. <laughs> you managed to convince someone from out of school in Salford to buy yeah, a lettuce they butty were good. off they were, they were really salty, yeah. I think that was not the first foray into uh, I, I remember getting a window cleaning round when I was 16. I did it for a day and thought, ah, too much hard work. <laughs> That's why I'm not in ops. You're not getting me carrying that ladder and bucket again. So is your mum proud of you now? Yeah, she's in the office actually filling some gift packs for us. <laughs> oh, Are you paying her? Well, I'm sure she'll uh, be taking a bottle home, won't she? <laughs> You're paying Jim. Oh, yeah, my mum's been there for me. She's been a proper supporter. And we used to have her in our office and she used to stick the press cuttings down and then we used to photocopy them and yeah. send them to clients. But then technology came in, she couldn't do that. She had no idea. So she's a good seamstress. So she used to come in and do everyone's alterations. Oh, I've got three. a pair of trousers in the office as well. I could send, have them over. Over. send them over, Liam, no problem at all. <laughs> So, and how do you make sure that you take care of your relationships? Like, what's important to you? Well, well, in a you know, in a normal world, we'd be getting out and seeing people, and you know, just just having a crack. It's not always about work as well. You know, people are people at the end of the day, and they don't mm. always want to want to talk shop. So, mm. it's, but you've got to do it genuinely. You know, you, 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 I hate it when you know you, you pick up the phone and you, you know someone's not asked about your weekend. They're just saying it for the <laughs> sake of it. <laughs> So let's talk about values. Obviously, that they're really important to us at Roland Transfield. And I think my view is that, you know, your values are your personal brand. Yeah, course, and if you've yeah. got a product or a service, they tend to be the same as your personal values. So what are the values for Didsbury Gin, first of all? Ooh, it's a tough one. I'd say. We, I think we paid a consultant to try and sell us these <laughs> and it was a lot of nonsense. No, I think we, you know, we like, it's probably similar to yours. You know, we keep it real. I think product, product quality is always the first and foremost and then obviously the culture, you know, our office is not like an office and we didn't want it to be like a traditional office. We've got a pub in it, we've got a little cocktail bar and, you know, there is places to work in there as well. So I say it's all about the products and the culture we, we're trying to create. 
Mm. But we haven't we haven't put it on. I, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll probably get there next year when we get the next lot of investment. We'll need some corporate DNA, won't we? But <laughs> well, it'll be as real as it can be. I think that's the thing. If it's in your DNA, then I mean, that's what we did with ours. Is that I just thought at one what's point important to you? it was, and and so everything there is really. I yeah. just sat down and thought, what's important to me? And fortunately, the people that have stayed in the business are the ones that feel the same. So you know, it, it keeps you centered. So what's personal to you and Mark? What values and personal to you as people? Ooh. I mean, I can't speak for him. You're going to have to ring him up. Do you want me to get him on the phone? I'll just ask him. Will he pick that up? Yeah. Right, one sec. He's going to love this, isn't he? Hi, mate. You all right? How you doing, pal? All right. Sound? That's what I was ringing for. I'll oh, just see I'm all right. Yeah, you're all right, yeah. Uh, not really, no. I've only back, Anna. Have you? Oh, what's to do, mate? <laughs> Right. Basically, we, you, you're on. You're being recorded here, mate. You're going to get a question asked. Yeah. So we want to know, Mark, to see if your values are the same as Liam's. We don't know what Liam's are yet. What would you say your personal values are? Do you get that? Personal values. Twenty quid. <laughs> uh, yeah, good for twenty quid. Yeah. <laughs> Has he not got any then? <laughs> what? I don't really have any. <laughs> in what? In my, Life. What's important to you? What's important? Mm. I, I just like to be able to relax. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I've done here, mate. I've got one of them. It's like when we have the board meeting. Don't you get one of them questions you don't really want to answer? You just yeah, you just defer it across to someone. Yeah. <laughs> my, my values are just be nice to other people. Listen to what people have got to say and relax and try and enjoy yourself. Brilliant. There you go. That's, that's a it. great mantra. That's, a, that's my mantra in life. <laughs> the Mark mantra. <laughs> the Mark mantra. Right. Cheers, mate. Thank you for your insight, Mark. <laughs> I was just going to say, get a kettle and I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> See you in a bit. <laughs> so how does that compare to your own? Do you like wow. to relax, Liam? <laughs> Wow, yeah, we all like to relax, don't we? But we're quite, to be fair, me and him are quite similar. We take everything quite light-eyedly, but we, we graft when we need to. But yeah, I think everything he said as well reflects the culture we've created in the company as well. Which of our values jump out for you, any of those in particular? Yeah, I think keep it real. You know, that's mm. that's massively important. Just be yourself. There's mm. no point trying to be something you're not or trying to create something that, you know, you're never going to create. Mm. Um, I think, you know, what is that supposed to say? No dickheads? There's a yeah. lot of asterisks in there. Yeah, no, it Definitely isn't. don't be a dickhead. Yeah. No one likes a dickhead. No. And then what else have we got on here? Plant trees you'll never see. I mean, you know, you've seen what we did in COVID. We jumped in within a week. We, we did it. We made two million bottles of hand sanitizer. Every hospital in Greater Manchester, every GP surgery, every care home. You know, we made sure everyone got PPE when the government was scratching their ass or their head, whichever, whichever came first. <laughs> Um, and you know we we've got we we champion young people as well. I started my journey as an apprentice in construction and moved through the ranks. You know I was there for twelve years until they made me redundant. So I think that's important as well. Bringing young people in is is a good yeah. sort of tree planting exercise because a it's all, it's the right thing to do. But you know if you train them well enough, you end up them training you by the end of it and Definitely. and learning from them. I think that falls into that leaders create leaders yeah. bit as well. Yeah. 
Um, and loyalty always as well. You know, if, if we, we still work with this, the suppliers that we had when we first started and we could have gone elsewhere hundreds of times and saved a couple of pence here, a couple of pence there. But, you know, we've grown with our supply chain and they've grown with us as well. Mm. And, you know, it, it works. So it's mm. not broke. Don't fix it. Yeah, I totally agree. And just on that, you were CSR manager, were you, at the construction company? Yeah, and then I moved into the business development role. How important is social impact for a business then? Is that something that is forefront with you now? It's and- my, I mean, I, I got into it because I genuinely, you know, was passionate about it. And I came from kind of a local employment initiative on, you know, on a council estate and into an apprenticeship. I think from, you know, from a from the business perspective, they were using it to win work, but they were doing the right thing and investing in it. Because you know a lot of the, a lot of the customers at the time were local authorities, so the mm. two kind of join up. But I think it's it's definitely it's important for for your staff. I think younger younger employees buy into the values of a company, and I think if you've got a good CSR strategy, or even if it's not a strategy, if you just do the right things, they like it, and it keeps them motivated. And I think your customers as well, you know, they like businesses who do the right thing. Especially more nowadays as well. There's a lot of shit out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's moved from being a tick box into something that actually businesses... Oh, when I got into construction, it was a tick yeah. box. And then, but from driving it right and and kind of building the right kind of, you know, strategy with it, it became an integral part mm-hmm. then. But I think for, you know, certainly in the, the early 2000s, for a lot of the big businesses, it was a tick box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see that that's changed now. And it's, it literally businesses do have more of a purpose. So, what ambitions do you have for twenty twenty one? Ooh, well, I'll be telling, will it? No, <laughs> um, we're in the middle of a fundraise at the minute, so you know we're, we're going to be selling a small part of the business to a, a strategic investor to scale. We've doubled last year's turnover this year, it, it, which is great Incredible. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. You know, next year we want to be a you know a, a ten million turnover business domestically. So that's the plan. That is amazing, incredible. Okay, so quick fire round. City or United? We know the answer. United, man. Mm. Come on. How many years? Well, you're born a red eye. Yeah, you don't just become one. <laughs> Best Manchester artist or band? Oasis, all day long. Shame about the football, but no one's perfect, are they? <laughs> no, you forgive them. Um, favourite bar, pub and restaurant? Ooh, I know it's a toughie, though. It is a tough Sorry. one, that, because it, there's that many good new things now. Yeah. And like a lot of a lot of good dives have gone as well. But mm. presently, I'd say favourite kind of... Favourite bar slash restaurant, probably Alnacott in mm. Cutting Room Square, because yeah. it's next to my apartment and I practically live in there. Yeah. So favourite city neighbourhood? <laughs> I think, I, think Ang- I mean, yeah. uh, people who, you know, be from Didsby will be sticking pins in a, a doll if they've got dolls over that way. But I think I just like Cutting Room Square because obviously I grew up n- nearby and I've watched it change as well. That My first apartment before I moved to Didsby was in Ancoats and there was mm. nothing there. Mm. And then that, I always evolved around that Cutting Room Square, you mm. know, Michelin Star Restaurant in Ancoats. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I know, it's fantastic. You saw the I get missing tyres in ankles. <laughs> Which Mancunian would you want to go for a drink with most? Oh, do you know what? I like a beer with Gary Neville would be decent. Yeah, set oh, that up. We can, we can sort that out for you. I'm sure he does like a beer. Um, what do you order at the chippy? Fish and chips, gravy, always gravy. Do you know what? Absolutely. Loads of vinegar, more vinegar <laughs> than gravy. <laughs> Best thing to come out of Manchester. Me. No, no, I'm just did preaching. No, there's that many things, isn't they? Like, you know, it, I, I, all Mancunians say this, and, you know, we do wear it 
back proud on our sleeve, but this, this the football, the music, you know, mm. the, the the cultural heritage we've got here. It's you know, mm. it's, a, it's historically it's a good place, and it's getting better as well. You know, the city's evolving, and it's it's getting it's changing it's definitely for the better. Mm. Yeah, we've got a lot to be yeah be proud of. So, lastly, have you got any words of encouragement for listeners who may have lost heart or momentum around a business idea or career ambitions at the moment? Yeah, it's you know it's never as bad as it seems. Be a be a glass half full person. Everyone likes them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but just just you know, you, you, it, any any bumps or bumping it, it doesn't define your journey. And I think you know, me and Mark got told we you know we, we were put on a scrap heap. I'd give all my adult working life to a company. He'd worked for the same restaurant group since finishing uni in Manchester, and he's a lot older than me as well. And, you know, we were basically told we weren't wanted and, you know, we turned that into a positive. So just keep your chin up and go again. Good sound advice. Thanks so much for joining me today on We Built the City, Liam. There's so much that people can take from that, from your journey to inspire them, I think. And basically, you don't need all the answers. You just need a drive and determination yeah, to do it. you find them along the way. You yeah. find the answers along the way. Yeah. So you and, could... I, and then they're never right. <laughs> no, but I think like the wrong, the, you know, the wrong bits are the bits that you learn from and, and kind of yeah, improve definitely. on, don't you? So you just need half a bottle of gin and a lot of blag and you that's, can get anywhere, can't you? Need. That's all you need. <laughs> Gift of the gap, that's what we've got up here. Yeah. So good luck with the next 12 months. And um, can you let me have a bottle of Manchester Tart as soon as it comes back into stock, please? No. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Liam Manton helped to build this city by bottling a Manchester spirit and calling it Didsbury Gin by recognising when to stay in his lane, by knowing a bullshitter when he sees one, and by watching his mum selling off his old action men on her stall at a Harper Hay market. We Built This City is out every Thursday when you'll hear from another incredible Greater Mancunian. If you want to find more out about Roland Ransell PR and you'd like some help in creating your legacy, please head to rdpr.co.uk for more information or give us a call on the same number we've had for 24 years, 0161 236 1122. Thank you and see you next time.